Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Last year I went over to the United States and I went and watched a baseball game. Now I don't know how to play baseball, but I went and watched a a baseball game and they sold me a ticket right before the game ended. Can you believe it? But I didn't know. And and the truth is they don't always know when the game is going to end. So I went in and I I sat down at the seat and and I'm watching it and all these people around me are getting excited and they're shouting and and all the rest of it. And and like when somebody hits the ball, that's when I get excited, but I don't understand the rules of the game. And then there was this moment where everybody was just excited and I was kind of asking, hey, what just happened? And they're like, it's over. It's, it's, it's done. The game is over. But someone had to tell me because I didn't really understand when the game was over. And so if you're a person that's new to church and everybody's getting excited and they're shouting and they're clapping and they're cheering this morning, you have no idea what's going on. I just wanted to let you know, I know how you feel because I went through that same thing when I watched you know, that baseball game. And I tell you, there's another group of people that know exactly how you feel. And that uh, is the disciples. Because the disciples on Friday, they watched as their Savior, as their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ was hung upon a cross. And I want to read to you today some part of this story that happens on Sunday morning. Are you ready for this? No, you're not. There's like two of you that are ready. Are you ready for this? All right, now you're with me. All right, okay, here we go. Luke chapter 24 and verse 1, it says, But on the first day of the week, now the reason that we have church on the first day of the week is because of the event that I'm about to tell you about right now. It says, At early dawn, they went to the tomb. Now when it says they, they're talking about women, a group of women. There's at least five. We know one is definitely Mary Magdalene, but we don't know who the other ones are necessarily. And it says that those five women, that they went and they had prepared spices to bring to Jesus. Now the reason that they were bringing the spices to Jesus is, is that after Jesus was died, they had to rush quickly to put him in the tomb and they didn't feel that his body was prepared appropriately. So they prepared spices to embalm him. Now what they didn't know is that another man named Nicodemus actually went and they covered Jesus in in, in spices and aloes. In fact, the scriptures tell us that it was about nearly 35 kilos worth that were all over him. So if if he didn't die on the cross, he would have suffocated from all of that being all over him, right? But he did die on the cross, okay? So so they covered him and now they these women these women just wanted to make sure that the men did their job properly. So so then it says And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. And I thought it was interesting that they called him Lord Jesus. Because at this very point, they understand that he's Lord. At this very point in the story, they actually have received him in their hearts and in their minds as the Messiah. They see him as God. And yet, even though they see him as God, they expected to find Jesus still in the tomb. And here's why. They have grown up in a world where death has 
always reigned victorious. This is what they are accustomed to. And even though they knew that Jesus was Lord, they still believed that they would find him there because despite the fact that he is God, they are accustomed to death continuing to rule and reign over humanity. So they just expected this would be the same story. It says, while they were perplexed about this, because where is he gone? It says, behold, Two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, fresh Nikes. That's in the original. You won't find it in this version, but they were in dazzling apparel. In fact, the, the dazzling apparel actually is a dead giveaway that these men were not men, but they were from heaven. They are, in fact, angels. And it says, as they, being the women, were frightened and they bowed their faces to the ground in holy awe, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has what? He has what? He has risen. Remember how we told you while in Galilee. And then the men start to go into this discourse of everything that Jesus had told them. They said, don't you remember that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third, and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11, which were the disciples. One was missing. His name was Judas. We're okay that he was not there at the time. It says, and to all the rest. Now, it was... Mary Magdalene. Do you remember her? The, uh, the adulterous woman that the religious leaders decided to point out and publicly shame. But here we find in Jesus' inner circle, I love that someone that's made mistakes with their past, that God doesn't hold it over them for the rest of their life. In fact, that he would invite people that are far from him to come close. This Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. They told Jesus' disciples that he had risen and they thought that it wasn't true. It must be an idle tale. The idea of the resurrection that Jesus could still be alive after what they witnessed on Friday, his disciples that spent time with him, his disciples who had been told that he would die and on the third day rise, they thought that it was fake too. They said, this can't be real. They did not believe them. But Peter, man, I love Peter. Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths uh, by themselves and went home marveling at what had happened. He marveled because he couldn't see his Savior. And when he couldn't see Jesus, he marveled because it changed his perspective and he started to think about what could be possible and what had just happened. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is about redemption. The original word used for redeem in the Old Testament means to restore something to its original and intended created purpose. That's what redeem means. When God redeems you, he restores you to your original intended and created purpose. Now, here's what you need to know this morning. You were created for eternity. 
That's what you were originally created and intended for eternity. But there is a problem that you and I have had or maybe presently had. The problem is the issue of sin. And sin is not just a list of do's and don'ts. It's so much broader than that. It means when you act outside of your original, intended, and created purpose. And that problem called sin brings separation. Now, here's what I want to explain to you today. You are so accustomed to death being victorious that when I say to you this morning that you were created for eternity, when I say you were created to live forever, you can become so accustomed to death that the idea of eternal life seems almost impossible to you. It is when you really start to think about it, at least the disciples thought about it. The disciples, I think, as they looked back on Jesus' sacrifice, initially at least, surely, deemed the sacrifice as a total failure. Because what they expected was not what happened. Have you ever had a time in your life where God has acted in a way that you didn't expect him to act and it looked like failure, only it wasn't really failure. God was doing something that you didn't expect. And so you had a situation where you said, God, you're not answering my prayer the way that I want it to. And you think that he's not doing the right thing. You think that he is actually failing when he's, he's not. And Peter saw this, this Savior that was no longer in his tomb. And he understood something at the moment. This is the reason why Peter marveled when he saw that his Savior wasn't there. He considered that if it's true, if Jesus was in fact resurrected, that everything he said was also true. But more than that, the Bible says that Jesus, that the Christ was in fact a forerunner, which means what he did and where he went, he went there ahead of us. Here's my point. If it happened to him, it'll happen to you. If it happened to him, it'll happen to you. And what would happen to you, in fact, but that Jesus would raise you from the dead. The death would no longer have victory over you, your life, or your future. But God won't just raise you from the dead. He's interested right now to restore things to you and to restore you while you're here on earth. And what will he begin to restore? But the relationship that people had with God before sin brought separation. That's the restoration part. He begins to restore you so that you can have the kind of relationship that we were supposed to have with him for all eternity before sin brought separation. And this is why everybody is so excited today. Because if you've ever felt this sense of guilt if you've ever felt the sense of shame, if you've ever had a situation in your life, something you did, you wish that you never did, the resurrection is a message that says, whatever you did, He will forgive you. He can restore you. He has plans to redeem you. And the proof of this is the fact that the tomb is empty. The, the proof of this is the fact that He has risen. 
Some of you are just not excited about it. Not as excited as you should be about the fact that Jesus has risen. This is what made Peter marvel. This is what Peter was so excited about. I want to read a scripture to you today. Just one more. It comes out of Romans. Romans chapter 5 and verse 18. It says, Therefore, as one trespass, this was the sin that Adam did in the garden when he took the apple or the fruit, whatever it was, and he took a bite, which again is not about eating a piece of fruit. It is about cosmic rebellion. It's about people saying, God, we don't want you in our lives anymore. It says, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men. I know it sounds terrible, but you inherited Adam's sins. It says that as that one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness, the cross, leads to justification for all men. If you're new to church, I want to explain one word to you. It's that word justification. What it means is is that Jesus will forgive you of all of your sins. But not only will he just forgive you, but you will begin to wear the righteousness of Christ. That means, listen, that means that if you've ever done something wrong in your life and you feel like you are guilty and you can't come before God, the moment you give your life to Jesus, when God looks on you, He sees every good and righteous thing that Christ has ever done. This is the confidence that you need to come into His presence, no matter whether you messed up. It doesn't matter whether you made a mistake. It doesn't matter if you feel guilty today. I know you're going through that emotional state right now, but please don't play too much attention to your emotions in this moment. What you need to know is if you're under Christ, God sees the righteousness of Christ on you. He said that as one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men, for as one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. He says, now the law came to increase the trespass. The law. You know, when I tell my kids not to do something, now they know. And when they do it, I tell them, you knew before you did it. That's why I told you. And now you did it knowing it was wrong. Well, guess what? God gave the law to people so that we would know what was right and what was wrong too. And since we knew what was wrong, when we broke what he said was wrong, it actually made us more sinful in that sense. So it says, the law came to increase the trespass, our awareness of sin and our sinning. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus defeated sin. And the moment that sin was defeated by Jesus becoming the perfect sacrifice, it said, He who knew no sin became sin for us so that sin would be crucified on the cross because sin was destroyed because Jesus defeated sin. Death was destroyed by implication. The Bible says that the sting of sin is death. If you 
sin now, you don't necessarily receive that penalty immediately. It stings you. But if left untreated, the symptoms will eventually catch up with you. The sting is sin. The end is death. If Jesus defeated sin, there's no penalty for something that has been removed. So the sting is taken. The sin is taken. Therefore, there's no death eternally that waits for you. The resurrection is a message that says death is not the end. It's not the end. Not for anybody that knows him. Death is not the end. Hey, listen, church. Please don't be so accustomed to the world that you've grown up in that you've seen death operate and appear to be victorious. Don't be so accustomed to what you've seen that you would exclude yourself from what God is able to do. Don't be convinced necessarily by what you've seen appear to rule and reign. Imagine if you discounted all the good things that God was going to do because you were so entrenched in what you'd seen in your past. Can you imagine that? Imagine missing out of all the good things that God would want to bring into your life. Do you know what the scriptures say? They say that no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. You haven't seen it, you haven't heard it, and you can't even imagine today. You can't even imagine the good things that God has prepared for those that love Him. Do you know that the God that we serve is the God of the living and not the dead? It says that He brings life to things that are, that are dead. He calls things that are not into existence as though they are. I don't know what's not in your life right now. I don't know what looks dead in your life right now. And you know what? Even if we were to sit down and have a conversation this morning, I know that there are so many things that look like they're lying dead. It could be a relationship that's in your life right now. It looks like it's dead. It could be your marriage. You're here this morning and you think to yourself, my marriage is dead. There is no way that this could have life in it again. Someone here got a diagnosis, a sickness and a disease. They said, this is the end for you. You know what? You can't imagine what God has got prepared for you in your future. I'm telling you right now, the resurrection is a message that says, no matter what looked dead in your life, no matter what looked too far gone, death is the end of every hope except when it comes to the one who has power over sin and death. That's why the scriptures say, oh, death, where is your victory? Because God defeated death. Death. Where is your victory? It says death was swallowed up in victory. That it would not rule and it would not reign. And so what you can do this morning is you get to take everything that looks dead. Take your deepest tragedy and put it in the hands of the God who's able to bring dead things back to life. And your tragedy begins to become your triumph when you put your tragedy in the hands of the God who loves you. And it is able to call things that are not as though they are. I promise you this. He is the God of the living. He is the God and the author of life 
who sees things that are dead. And in a moment, he brings it back to life. It doesn't matter what it is. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.